Welcome to the Rare Find Voices podcast. My name is Robin Koenig, and I'm the CEO and founder of Rare Find. I'm a self-improvement junkie, certified professional coach, podcast host, and public speaker. And I'm a wife and mom of four teenagers. I'm an expert at helping people use their gifts to take intentional action and get intentional results. How do I do this? By helping you realize your gifts and use them as your superpowers. I love challenging people to think differently, see things differently, and then do things differently to create powerful change in their life. Each week, I'll share my voice or bring forward another rare fine voice to help you uncover your gifts, step into that power, and allow your brilliance to shine through. Believe me, I know how it feels to struggle with feeling good enough, pretty enough, smart enough, successful enough, and deal with major life transitions such as getting married, getting divorced, changing jobs, or having kids. This podcast is for you if you want to feel more confident in your own skin, transform your mindset, and get out of your own way. If you're ready to show the world your greatest gifts, then keep listening because you are a rare find. So let's get started. I'm so excited today. I have a special guest. This is Dr. Brittany Plummer, and she is a licensed acupuncturist and board certified herbalist. She started her private practice, Open Channel Acupuncture, in 2015 and is located in Rancho Bernardo, California. Her mission is to provide high-quality care to ensure her patient's body and mind heals itself using their own internal resources. Dr. Plummer's vision is to give her patients her full support while they heal so they're able to reach their highest potential in life. Welcome to the show, Dr. Brittany Plummer. Hi there. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great, and I'm laughing because now we've had like three (laughs) tries at recording this podcast, which is, you know, sometimes you just got to do it a few times to get it the way you want it. So there are times of charm. We've got this. (laughs) Honestly, you know, and so, you know, obviously our listeners, I probably should have recorded all of them and put together a little blunder reel, but you know, um, it's okay because we are in the midst of a global pandemic, global pandemic, a stay-at-home order, and you know what else are we going to do on a Friday, right? Yeah, I have nothing else to do. We could do this all day. I got time. <laughs> we just might. I don't know. <laughs> but thanks for being so patient, and I'm so excited to have you on the show. Not only because you're one of my favorite people, um, we've worked together now for a number of years. Um, you know, individually, we, I've worked with your team. Um, I've also, you know, actually had treatment from you. So I'm really excited for you to share with our listeners more about what you do and how you got started with it. Yeah, so I kind of stumbled into it. I don't really have like the most romantic or soul touching story like a lot of my classmates, but um, I originally was psych undergrad and I decided I didn't want to do psychology anymore. So in the interim, while I was deciding what I wanted to do long-term, I was like, you know, let me just go to school for massage. And I told my mom about it and she's like, you know, that's a really physically demanding job. You should probably have a backup plan, get a degree of some sort. So, you know, not thinking about acupuncture that I ever actually practiced, I um, signed up for the master's program in acupuncture. And halfway through my first semester, I fell head over heels in love with traditional Chinese medicine and kind of never looked back. I did a couple of massage classes, but dropped that and did acupuncture full time. And it was the best, you know, thoughtless decision I've ever made in my life. And my mom loves that story because it means, you know, my mom's always right. 
<laughs> well, first of all, I think it's a pretty romantic story because you said you fell head over heels in love with what you were doing. I did. Yeah, absolutely. That's super romantic. But, um, but no, I, I mean, it, I, I think that everybody's story is, you know, interesting and unique and special and, and whether or not it was something that, you know, I think you were joking at one point how like, you know, it wasn't something that you did to necessarily like heal your own body or your own ailments and stuff. But what you started to understand about the subject matter was so powerful. And here you are now sharing it with others almost for five years now. Yeah. Uh, open channel turns five this month. Yeah. So, mm. you know, that's, that's some really powerful stuff. And honestly, you know, I mean, as a coach, I, I love working with people and hearing people's stories that talk about how they, they started to really discover something that they love. They were so passionate about it. And it's not just a job for you. Like it's a real understanding and belief in what you're doing really does help people. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what I fell in love with, with uh, traditional Chinese medicine is, you know, we're not really, yeah, we prescribe herbs, but the needles, the acupuncture needles, they aren't dipped in anything. They aren't coated in anything. They're not injecting anything. All it is, is whenever I insert a needle, it's kind of like inserting a little red flag into a patient's body. And it's a reminder, reminding the body that it can heal itself. It can improve itself. And just setting those little reminders it really puts the the power of healing and the power of health back into the patient's hands where they're in control. They're the ones that are making a difference. I just tell the body, Hey, you already know how to do this. Let's go ahead and kick it into gear. That's I what I fell that. in love with it. Yeah. That resonates so much with me. And I'm, um, you know, because in my line of work with coaching, you know, it's really all about helping to guide, you know, clients to their own solutions and know that they do have the power to, um, you know, solve problems. And so similarly, you're, you're doing something like that, but trusting in the fact that their bodies can do it. Yeah, absolutely. It's very powerful stuff. It really is. And, um, I, but you know, you're bringing up some things that I'm sure again, if you've not ever had acupuncture before, or, you know, even thought about, it, there's probably a lot of myths that are out there about it or, or even some that create some fears. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, the common, you know, the common things that maybe come up or questions then dispel some of those myths? Cause I know myself personally, I was like, I don't know what to expect. <laughs> and is this going to hurt? Or like, is this woo-woo stuff that's really actually going to do something? So can you, can you talk about that a little? Yeah, absolutely. Without going into, you know, the biochemistry of it and teaching everybody basic anatomy and basic health science and everything, um, without a long TED talk, what I tell my patients is acupuncture helps in a couple of different ways. You know, I do a lot of sports medicine, injuries, um, orthopedics is my specialty, so it helps to relieve the muscles, release muscle spasm, uh, you know, those knots that you can kind of feel usually in the neck muscles, releases those, helps with nerve pain, calms down nerve pain, and helps improve range of motion. And by the way it does that is actually working on the physical muscle itself, but also works on kind of the endocrine system, working on pain hormones. So, you know, you don't feel as much pain and hormones aren't just, you know, estrogen and testosterone your body, there are so many hormones that keep you running correctly and healthfully, and it regulates that as well. Um, a lot of acupuncturists will talk about chi and will talk about energy. Um, I kind of steer away from that because that's where people get the idea that I'm working with 
you know, chakras and auras and everything like that. But I, I tend to stay more science-based where I have the research, I have the clinical studies that, that back up what it is that I'm doing for patients. So that's kind of the short spiel that I give my patients that is understandable and digestible where I'm not overwhelming them with, you know, the whole physiological aspect of acupuncture. And for my patients who are scared of needles, I get that so much. I don't really, you know, whenever I go to my acupuncturist, I'm a little bit nervous because I know what the needle, where it's going, how deep it's going. And I'm like, ugh. So I tell my patients, if anything is uncomfortable, anything is sharp or stinging, or you're just not digging it, you tell me. My patients are in complete control. If, if they're not liking something, I can change the needle. I can change the depth. I can change position. I can change all of that. And if somebody doesn't like it, I stop. You know, it's their body. They get to say what happens to it. That's so awesome. And I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like envisioning being in your treatment room and I can, and I can recall, you know, having that same experience. Um, but then also realizing too, the power of, you know, what the, what the treatment was doing. I mean, myself as an athlete, I remember that it really gave me a sense of relief in like you were sharing, you know, whether it was like nerve pain or, you know, I was consistently tight in certain areas, which I'm sure was also related to stress and stuff. So, you know, I can vouch for that, but I really like the fact that you've got this high level of knowledge and expertise. I mean, you've gone very far with your own personal education, you know, doctorate. Um, (laughs) But I also love the fact that you realize too, that the, maybe the typical patient just wants to know the basics that gives them um, access and, and an approachability, like a sense of calm when they come to see you. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, my, I'm an open book with my patients. They'll ask me, you know, how long do you think this will take to heal? Or is this a forever fix? Or, you know, they'll even ask questions like, what is that point for whenever I'm inserting needles? And I'm open. I'm like, you know, this one is a command point for the lower back. So since you're having low back pain, I will treat all the muscles of the low back but we're going to add in some traditional Chinese medicine because I find that relief not only happens quicker, but lasts longer whenever I marry the Western and Eastern medicines. So I explain it to my patients. I don't keep them in the dark, but I just don't want to over educate them on it. So then they leave and they're like, you know, she told me a lot, but I don't really understand any of it. <laughs> the fine line. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, so what, so you mentioned obviously that you've got a specialty um, and you work with a lot of athletes. Can you describe like a typical patient for you or is there? Yeah, typical would probably be, so my main three are sciatica, low back pain, or any neck pain and tension. I mean, I could probably do that treatment with my eyes closed, one arm behind my back in the dark, because that's so much of what we see. Because I work so closely with a chiropractor and that's what everybody comes to the chiro for. So I work a lot on that. My typical patient is in pain. And then another typical patient is I treat a lot of anxiety and depression. Anxiety responds so quickly to acupuncture. You know, I had really bad anxiety problems in grad school. I did acupuncture and herbs myself for an entire year um, just to combat it. And it's, it's beautiful how my anxious patients, they get their life back and they're in control of their emotions and they're in control of their life. They're not being hindered by this panic attack, this fear of anxiety anymore. So it's a twofer. I get a lot of orthopedic, but then I also get a lot of anxiety and depression. That's kind of more, I say spiritual, but it's not just spiritual. It's it's more the psycho-emotional aspect of the medicine as well. 
Yeah. And, and the mental health combining with the physical health, which then supports the emotional health. I mean, it's all interrelated when you start talking about optimal health and wellness. Yeah, it is so connected. And you know, what happens a lot with my chronic pain patients is they hit this kind of plateau where they go from a level nine pain down to a level five. So that's a four point um, pain scale that they jumped and they're like, oh my God, this is amazing. Well, now I only have to go from a five to a one. So they go from five to four and they're like, you know, it's better, but that's only a one point jump. And then they go from a four to a three and then they stay at a three for a while. And I, a lot of my pain patients, I see it happen. They hit this plateau and they come in and they just fall apart. They cry. They are at their wits end. They don't know what to do. They don't want to continue, but they know they're better, but they're just not hundred percent themselves yet. And I switch from working on orthopedic and nine times out of 10, I don't work on a single muscle whenever they hit this, this day, it's like a dark day for them. And I work just solely on the mental, emotional aspect of it. And, you know, almost all my patients, nine times out of 10, they come back to me and they're like, that was a pivotal turn for me. My mood, my mental status and where I was emotionally made such an impact on my pain levels. And so, you know, it takes, you got to kind of switch gears in that aspect and realize that, you know, the brain and the emotions, they're more in control than we want them to be. (laughs) That's awesome. I love that because again, if you've not ever been through um, a treatment to understand that that's the power of it, like you sharing that and helping people know that like it could start with one thing, but then the opportunity really starts to open once, you know, the patient is also open to the idea that a treatment can really help solve this, like, you know, the layers of the onion that keep on peeling back as you continue to work together. So you're really building not only a trust in the relationship, but also this like, you know, a a spectrum of work that it's not like a, you know, it doesn't have to just be a one-time treatment and then you're done working with somebody. Yeah, absolutely. And that's actually pretty common where a patient, you know, say they come in for shoulder pain and within, you know, two, three, maybe months, their shoulder pain is totally resolved. And I'm like, you know, there's no really reason for you to come back right now. You know, whatever was causing the pain is gone. You're not re-exacerbating it. So let's go ahead and you're released. Congratulations, you graduated. And then I hear from them a year or two down the line and they're like, you know, I really screwed up my ankle while I was paddle boarding this weekend is that something you can help with? And I'm like, absolutely. Come on in another couple of treatments and they're better. I'm like, all right, kid, get on out of here, you know? And it, and you just see them, you know, I don't want you in here every single week for the rest of your life. As much as I love my patients, that is not the goal here. It's, you know, to treat as it happens and there is preventative medicine, but um, you know, they just, they, as they need me throughout their lives, you know, you can go a couple years without seeing somebody and then they come back and it's a nice little catch up with them. Yeah. No, I love that. Um, I want to, I want to shift gears a little bit because, you know, as you were talking and again, I, I know you um, and some of the, the special gifts that you have, because we've worked together before, but I, you know, I'm thinking about how, even in this current moment, this is like a defining moment for so many people, as far as dealing with change, going through things that like we've never experienced before. And I know for you specifically with the business, you know, there's been a lot of shifts and unexpected stuff coming up. But I also believe that when these things happen, when these big things happen, that we realize how 
we can actually have an impact on other people, how we have these gifts, I call them like our superpowers, um, that we can really utilize and share to the world. Like they kind of reveal themselves. So my question is, I'm curious for your thoughts on like, what gifts do you know that you have that you can share and impact people with? And has there been a defining moment for you when you had that realization about them? Oh, that's a good question. So I think something, you know, I've been asked what sets you apart from other acupuncturists or other business owners. And, um, you know, to give a little bit more credit to my mother, she was a nurse for 30 plus years and had great bedside manner. I think a big part of what I do with patients is just my energy. As soon as they come in, there is zero judgment. I never, you know, yell at a patient or nag them to do anything differently. It's a complete safe space. The room, I hold that space for them where they can come in and they can completely break down or they can tell me their traumas of their life or they can tell me the best news of their life. And I always come to them with a place of no judgment and I just hold this you know, place of love for them. I know that sounds so cheesy, but whenever somebody's coming with, you know, the worst thing that they've ever gone through or my fertility patients, they've tried for years to have kids or my trauma survivors and, you know, you just hold it for them. And, you know, I think what I always thought was you got to be strong. Don't cry. Don't, you know, don't break down with them. But there have been times where a patient is talking about something and either we've been working on it or it just hits where, I tear up with them and I'm like, you know, I'm so sorry that I'm not remaining my, you know, my professional decorum. And they're just like, it's so nice just to have somebody who cares. I've had so many people who are completely blank faced when I tell them and that's their coping strategy. Of course, you know, you don't want to break down with everybody, but I think that would be kind of the, the difference is that um, I hold the space for my patients and the energy and it can be draining for me. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, I have this beautiful space for my patients. And then I go home and I meditate for 20 minutes and I shed all the energy of the day. It is not like that at all. <laughs> Sometimes I go home and I sit on the couch and I eat my ice cream and I ball and I'm like, today was a freaking day. But that's, you know, I'm, I'm real about it and I'm open and honest about it. You know, it can be tough, but I think, you know, to kind of hopefully answer your question, I'm known to go on, tan go on tangents is, um, you know, holding that space for my patients, allowing them to be who they are with zero apologies, zero judgment and zero fear in that room. And that is a true gift. I mean, and to be honest, because it's, it's not easy. Like you said, it's, it's not, you know, you're not going to sugarcoat it and be like, yeah. And then I'm able to kind of like walk away and, and it doesn't have an impact on you because obviously it does. And, and you come from such a place of love and care and compassion and nurturing, which obviously is also part of how you were, you know, how you were raised and your mom having that, that quality too. So, you know, that gift that you can give, which is why I call it a gift because you give it um, to your patients of calm, of safety and security, you know, and, and compassion. And I want to bring this up too, because I work with a lot of people in health and wellness and fitness and especially in your umbrella, like being a healer is, it seems like that is something that you, you start with the love for the kind of work that you want to do, right? To help people and heal them and give of yourself. And then all of a sudden it turns into a business. 
And so I'm curious to talk with you a little bit about how your business came to life. And, you know, if you don't mind even sharing some of the struggles that perhaps you had in, in developing the business alongside a passion that you have to help people. Yeah. Uh, so my story is going to be very real and very uh, raw. I, I don't have that beautiful Instagram story where, you know, everything just fell into place. I graduated and there were zero jobs available. So in order to actually put my degree that I had just spent five years and countless amounts of money on to actually put it to use, I had to create a private practice and I had to create my own job. And um, that was probably the most stressful. It was out of a place of you have to in order to survive. I was very much a survivor at the time doing, you know, sacrificing everything, working seven days a week. You, I saw six patients in a month, which is just, you know, you're making $300 in that month and it's just survival. I gave up everything. I gave up my apartment, moved back in with my mom so I could do this full time and um, give it, give it everything I had. And it was actually working with you. I didn't realize I was stuck in this survivor mentality of, okay, a fire flared up. Let's go ahead and put it out. Oh, this fire now let's put it out. I was stuck in this place of survivor and of being reactive. And it was really, you know, having you bring it to light of like, okay, you no longer have to do this. You have a choice. Now your business is no longer growing. It is now a stand secure foundation built career now. So you're not surviving anymore. So now you get to enjoy it. Now you get to create this business and mold it into what it is you actually want. What is your dream career? What does it look like? What are the possibilities? And that's kind of where I am right now. I'm not the before picture. I'm not the after picture. I'm very much the during picture. But it is this. it was this beautiful realization of like, okay, you know, I can be shut down for, I think it's going to be seven weeks that I don't see a patient. And when I come back, going to be a very different private practice. It's going to be, it, the treatment's going to look very different. It's going to be a slow comeback, but you know, it's going to be fine. You know, there's going to still be a business whenever you come back. So what is that going to look like? So I'm actually kind of in a, in a place of shift right now where I'm shedding that. Okay. 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 Do whatever you can. You've just got to hustle. You just got to build this practice where it's like, all right, chill. It's built now. What is it that's going to make it beautiful? What is it that you have to offer that nobody else does? What is it that's going to fulfill your soul and calm down, you know, stop putting out the fires, see a fire come and be proactive. So that's where I am right now is that I'm, I'm the in-between. I'm not an after just yet, but I'm working on it, getting there. That's so good. That's so good. I love it. I'm like, see the fire coming, you know, and, um, and, and that's, that's where a lot of people are in the midst of the fire. They're in the midst of still, you know, kind of having that, that anxiety about, oh my gosh, or even the, the like frustration, like being a kind of pissed off that this is all happening and, you know, feel like it's happening to them, that life is happening to them. And, and yes, so much of this is stuff that, you know, we didn't, we couldn't control. Um, and, and I remember even when it first started and I'm sure you have a similar, um, you know, storyline, like when it first happened, it was kind of like, what the heck, like what, I don't want to do this. And I don't want to make this kind of change. I don't want to stop all the things that I love doing or that my kids love doing. And, you know, it all just kind of like, it was like a switch. 
And it took me, it took me probably like a good two weeks at least to just kind of stop being pissed off or low energy and like, you know, being in the victim mode of like, ah, this sucks. And to get to a place now where it's like, I feel like a lot of people, myself included, are kind of settling in a little bit, you know, whether there's a routine or not, but kind of seeing a light. And, um, and like you said, I love how you shared this idea that you don't have to kind of be running around anymore, like a chicken with your head cut off and be like, what to do to react, react now, see what could be, see what that possibility is and work towards that and still move a little bit more forward, a little bit more forward because things will change. They will change. They just don't know how they will change. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's funny that this realization uh, came in the middle of the pandemic where I was like, okay, you're not a survivor anymore, even though this is probably peak survival mode that everybody is in right now is I had to calm myself down. And, and you know, the first week you saw me, I was not in a good place the first week. I thought we were going to be shut down for two or three weeks max. And you know, I was like, okay, I've taken a vacation from work for a week. I've never done two weeks, let alone three. What, it, what could possibly, what it, now what's going to happen? And it took that kind of, you know, I, I said there was kind of a fog around me where you're just in this anxiety mode of like, okay, just make it through, just make it through. And you kind of like snapped me out of it where it was, okay, yeah, you're making it through, but this is out of your control. So what can you control? What is it that you can work on? And we decided this is a really unique opportunity where you, I have nothing but time to work on my, my business and create it into what it is that I want it to be. And so, you know, it was forced time. I never would take seven weeks off of work. That's unthinkable, but I'm, I'm doing the best with it that I can. I mean, that's all we all can do right now is just make the best of it that we can. Absolutely. And, and that's the key word, right? The best of it. And so you know, it's funny too, because I've also been chatting with a lot of people, myself included. I mean, everything I talk with people about, I, I do myself. It's like, I'm my own personal science experiment, coaching experiment, <laughs> yeah. but, um, you know, being able to be like, okay, well, I also don't have to do massive, massive things just because I have the time, you know, like removing a lot of that pressure to be like, I'm going to completely redesign my house, start a whole new business, learn Chinese and, you know, like do all <laughs> of these things that because I have the time, like it's okay to, to like really focus in and not do a lot of things, but do a few things better and better and and grow and like still grow and so it's like i remember having to like have that own conversation with myself because i was getting a little frustrated that i wasn't you know cleaning out the closet or you know losing five pounds like i mean there's just a lot of things that even now it's okay to be calm and to be more still and you know relax your body and relax your mind so um, i like the fact that it really just comes down to the awareness of where you are and not letting some of those pressures um, or the, or the victim mentality kind of get you down and keep you there for a long period of time. Like that's, I think a lot of what, you know, you and I even have worked on together is like, it's okay to be, you know, frustrated or feel, you know, negative thoughts about something, but how long are you going to stay there? Yeah, exactly. And that, I think that was the hardest part is because I was stuck in that kind of victim mentality for the first week or two that we were closed down. And 
it, it took a while and there was that anxiety, you know, what you were talking about, I got to lose five pounds, I got to lose, or I got to learn a new language. You know, they say all these things that I've been saying, I don't have the time for, well, now I have nothing but time. It's not the time that actually is the problem here. It's, do you actually want to do these things? Do you actually want to clean out your closet? Do you actually want to learn Chinese? Or do you just feel like there's a pressure? And I think that was the hardest part was taking that pressure off. There was this overwhelming feeling. I think I described it to you as I have an essay due tomorrow and I haven't started writing it. And that's what it feels like in my body is like, you have so much you need to get done, get started with it right now. But then there's this paralyzed feeling right now where nothing is normal. Nothing feels the way it usually feels right now, where your body is just kind of like, can we hang out for a second and just process what's going on? Because this is weird. I, I haven't walked around a mall. I haven't gone to Target and tried on clothes. Nothing is new or nothing is normal right now. Everything is such uncharted territory. Give yourself, allow yourself, give yourself the permission to just process everything right now. And if that takes a whole day of binge watching new girl on the couch, so be it. I'm allowing it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm just laughing because, you know, again, it's like this concept of doing all of those things is, is so weird. It's, it's, you know, like, I feel like we're all going to come out of our houses and look up to the sky and be like, what is this? Where are we? You know, like we've come yeah. out of a um, you know, an underground, uh, you know, bunker or something yeah. into the light. Um, but the fact of the matter is, and this is where I think, you know, I've, I've really been trying to support people in this space. Like it's totally normal to feel that way. And at the same time, as soon as, as quickly as it changed to where it is now, it's also going to change back. And, and maybe it's going to be more of a transition back, but it will change back. And so instead of being caught off guard, and being like, oh, I wasn't ready for that. Oh, I can, I can reopen my business or I don't even know where to start because now I have to change, you know, my system or I have to change how I'm treating patients or there's so many things that will need to be adjusted. The opportunity is now to start to look at the possibilities. And I love that you said that because it's, it's in the now. You don't have to know the future to do some things in the now that will allow you to be a better business owner when things change. Cause it's not a matter of if it's just a matter of when. Yeah, absolutely. And it, I, that's an opportunity that isn't provided. I mean, how many, how many times in your lifetime, hopefully only once are you going to be kind of locked down for a month to really sit and process and prepare and dream? You know, I think we're, everyone's like, Oh, we got to prepare. Oh, what are we going to do? What's going to change? But also come out of kind of a place of like dream, you know, what, what is the new, what, not new normal, the new optimal. How do you want it to be when you reopen? How do you want it to be whenever you go back into the world? It's a very, I hope once in a lifetime opportunity, but it's one that we should be taking right now. Yeah, that's so good. And it's all about the want. It's the desire. It's, you know, there are going to be a few things in there. Yes. That are have to's, but at the end of the day, majority of it is going to be what you want, what you desire, how you, how you, you know, envision it coming to life. Um, there's, you know, it's a classic quote, you know, that an object in motion stays in motion and an object at rest stays at rest. So I, I really have been thinking about that. And it doesn't have to be in your business because so many of our habits and so many of the things that create our, our enthusiasm, our motivation, our energy are interrelated. You know, I talk about this a lot where, 
you know, I don't separate quote, personal life, professional life, family life, social life. Like we don't have all these lives. We have different environments. And so when you work on yourself, you impact all of the areas that you interact with people, where you have relationships. And so for me, what I've really been trying to do is keep myself in motion in something, but I know it's connected to me then doing something else even better or just having the motivation to do it. So for example, like getting up and getting dressed and having breakfast will then also like motivate me to then want to go outside for a walk or do a workout or even just getting some work done like first thing. It's, it's really interconnected. And then when I do that, I'm kind of stoked because I'm like, yeah, I got something done today and I, and maybe I'm still in my pajamas possibly, but, <laughs> but then I, I feel excited about doing the next thing. And then by the end of the day, or for me, it's like three o'clock. I'm just not a late afternoon person. I don't like to do a lot of things later. I like to really then spend my time with my family and relaxing but I, I know that I've done a few things, even if it's less than before, totally okay. But I've gotten it, you know, three things done in the day that I feel really good about. And that's going to motivate me then into the next thing or the next day and not get me to that, you know, mental space of like, oh, I can't believe I didn't do this or whatever, which is all about judgment and putting that pressure on ourselves. And, you know, that's what puts us back into that place of stuck, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's the judgment. You know, I thought throughout this whole thing, I was like, okay, I'm going to keep my sleep schedule. I'm going to wake up at six and I'll do a couple hours of work. And then there was just this kind of switch where I was like, what are you doing? You know, you're a night owl. My best and most creative work is from like 7 p.m. to about 1 a.m. And so I, I let myself switch back into my normal or not. It's not normal, but into my favorite, which is being a night owl. So now, you know, I stay up really late. I don't sleep in as late as any anymore because, you know, after so many years of having to wake up at six, so I'm still getting enough sleep, but I allowed myself. I was like, you know, you don't have to stick to the schedule. You'll go back to it later. Enjoy being a night owl. When are you going to get the opportunity to do this again? And not just, you know, on a Friday night. So I, I took the judgment out of it and I realized this doesn't make you lazy. This doesn't make you, you know, a college student type mentality. Enjoy and take advantage of when you're your most creative and most motivated. And if that's at 1130 PM, then go with it, sister, just enjoy it. So, you know, allow yourself to be off schedule, allow yourself to be weird right now, allow yourself to just enjoy because you're not, you, hopefully you're not going to get this opportunity for weeks and weeks again but just enjoy it and go with it. Be who it is. Go to back to your natural roots if it makes you happy. That's kind of how I've been taking it the last few weeks. That's so good. Be, be weird right now. Like, honestly, I think the kids are <laughs> over that at this point. They're just like, what is happening here? And this amount of time of togetherness, yes, I'm grateful, but also for teenagers and goofy parents, at some point, they're just like, okay, we're going to go up to our rooms now and no more. We played so many, um, so many rounds of Uno that, I mean, the weird comes out. It's been intense. I will tell you that. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. Yeah. I think that's going to be my motto of this shutdown is just get, just be weird. Enjoy your weirdness because when else are you going to be as natural as you can be? <laughs> That's so funny. Um, okay. I want to ask you about mindset because, um, you know, you shared some awesome things and, I, and, it, and it's really nice to hear it again from somebody that like, 
you know, you've been there, you know how it feels to, um, you know, kind of be like trying to hustle so much. And like you mentioned that survivor mode, which, you know, is so common, especially when you're trying to start a business, run a business. I mean, it, it can last a really long time. And so to get yourself to this, you know, this new place of understanding really takes a focus on mindset and the perspective that you have. And so, you know, when I talk about energy, there's, you know, the catabolic energy, which is that negative, heavy stuff, you know, the, the, the bad thoughts, the stuff that you feel like mad or frustrated or victim mentality. And then you have the lighter, more positive energy, the anabolic energy, which allows you to see more, opens up your perspective, right? We call it like a prism where you can see those possibilities. So can you share with me or with our listeners, like a little bit about a moment when you realized that you were making that shift in your mindset to be able to see more versus being stuck in that like tunnel vision, the negative energy? Yeah, I think uh, without sounding like a promo for having you as a coach, I, I knew, <laughs> <laughs> I really, I swear it's not just a promo guys. Uh, 2019, a little backstory very quickly. 2019 was a really rough year for me. I finished up my doctorate degree in 2019. I incorporated my business, which doesn't sound like a big change, but it, it is a whole new operation system. And I then acquired some employees, part-time employees. And then I became kind of a business partner um, with, you know, Cook Chiropractic separate businesses, but working closer together. And then I also went through a divorce in 2019. So it was so much change and I don't handle change very well that I went into ultimate survivor mode. And by the end of the year, you know, uh, Ian, Dr. Cook, he just was like, you know, why don't you just do this one energy test with Robin? And it'll just give you a baseline of where you're operating and like kind of where your energy level is. And I was like, I know where it is. It's low. <laughs> it's terrible energy right now. I know I don't need a test. But then he's like, no, 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 you just try this. Just, you know, you've worked with Robin before, you know, it's going to get better. And so I came to you and I was like, I don't really know. I don't have a direction right now. I'm just, I feel like I'm kind of not to sound dramatic, you know, everything was fine in my life, but I was just stuck in this, like, all right, I'm treading water. I'm, my boat isn't sinking, but I'm not on my boat anymore. And I'm just, I'm here. I could live the rest of my life this way, but I know it has to get better. And so I needed that direction. I needed, I wasn't able to see outside of myself. I wasn't able to see you're kind of stuck in this survivor mode. You don't need it anymore, but also be gentle with myself where there's no judgment. You're allowed to be your survivor. It's okay that you go to this kind of low level where you're like, you know what? I'm just going to get through this. It served me. It had its purpose. I was able to get through 2019 and come out thriving because I was able to, I allowed myself in this survivor mode. And it was just kind of that moment where I was like, you know, I could live the rest of my life like this, like I said, but I don't really want to, I want it better. I want to thrive and I want to enjoy everything more. And I want to find who I am now because now it's completely different. I'm a doctor, I'm divorced. I have a corporation, I have employees and I have this huge bit, not huge business. I have this business that is now its own thing. It is not just me anymore. And so that was kind of where the moment where I was like, somebody needs to help me. My Tony Robbins books aren't working anymore. <laughs> My Brene Brown YouTube videos, they serve their purpose, but it's not enough anymore. I need something a little more personal. I need something 
where somebody who knows me, you've known me for a few years now, we've worked together for a few years and you're like, you know what? You're good. You're cool. Your life is good, but what could it look like? What do you want it to look like? What could you do? And it's not like, you know, you sat down and you gave me this, this huge thing that I had to follow or this workbook that you have to go through. You gave me some handouts that I did on my own time, but you were just like, why don't you just think about how could it be better? What do you want out of this? And just that question alone, I was like, oh my God, there's a whole world of possibilities that I didn't even, I had blinders to because I was just trying to get through 2019. So that was kind of the moment where I just kind of woke up and I was at work and Ian and I were just talking. He was like, why don't you just give it a try? And so I did. And that is really you know, I mean, it goes in line with how I got into acupuncture. I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. I'll go with it. <laughs> That's kind of how I've lived my life is like, yeah, whatever, I'll try. And then something beautiful comes out of it. So I guess it's good that I don't have any expectations. I don't have any, I'm not hard on myself about it. And I'm just like, yeah, whatever, I'll go with it. That's so great. And it's, I mean, <laughs> honestly, you're probably even like, under under selling the the transformation that you've been through because it has been so significant in a fairly short period of time and and i mean and and i'm so honored to have been working with you but it's honestly it's like not even because of me it's because you were the one to say i just want something more and 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 the fact that i was an available resource phenomenal like great i'm so happy and and that made sense, right, for us to continue our working relationship individually. But it came down to you making that choice and making the decision that, um, gosh, did you even say to me before, maybe it was somebody else that enough is not good enough or good enough wasn't enough. Somebody just said that to me. That might not yeah. have been. Um, that's still powerful, whether it was for me or not. That's so powerful. Like you could live the rest of your life. That is enough. But couldn't it be more? Do you, yeah. Don't you want it to be more? Yeah. yeah. And, and the truth is too, and sometimes we can say that we can say, I want more, but then if you don't see it, you fall off, right? You fall off the wagon. And, and, and that happens. It happens when, you know, you start a new routine, a fitness routine, a nutrition, like, you know, we all say, I want to make a change. And then when it's not working, it's so easy to give up. And oh. so, you know, what it sounds like, and I'm, I'll throw this out there because I know that for you, what you talk so much about the survivor, the survivor mentality that you're in and the work that you've been doing, I think it's been the mindset for you to say, I don't want that anymore to be who I am. And so it's really been shifting your belief of who you are and, and the strength that you have and the identity that you've given to yourself now to be that confident, you know, badass businesswoman that can do more and desires to do more and guess what you're gonna do more so that's what's been really cool to see and i hope people listening can understand that, that like that that is so possible to go from a place of like yeah i'm, I'm good but man i want to be like awesome yeah and just kind of like squeezing the most out of it out of this experience that you can like could my business go forever with where I was mentally last year. Absolutely. It went to a really beautiful place and it became a really great business for me and it became my dream career where I was. But, you know, was I 100% satisfied with that? Eh, I could have been, but when you want more and whenever you think, who could I be? 
and you actually sit down and you really look at yourself without any judgment, without any blinders. And you, you know, what I had to learn was to answer things honestly, not what I thought it was where people are like, what's your ideal day? And I'm like, you know, wake up at 6am and meditate. And then, you know, have half a grapefruit at 7am and then my group meeting for some people that's amazing. That's good. That's what fulfills their soul. There's nothing bad or wrong about it. But for me, it's like, you know, wake up at nine and snuggle my cat for 30 minutes and then maybe roll out of bed and have some coffee, eat around 12 and then, you know, go through my, my day as I want it. Not the hardest part was to become who I, the best I could be as I am and who I really am, not become somebody else's ideal or what I think it should look like. So it's a very fine line between what dreams and what possibilities are available or do you find and what's realistic to you. That was the hardest part for me is not fitting somebody else's mold, but really sitting down, finding my mold and then living up to and becoming the best of that mold I could be. That's brilliant. And super duper hard. hard. (laughs) hard. hard. There have been so many times you and I are done with a phone call and I'm talking to somebody else and I'm like, she gave me the real talk today. She gave me me the realness today and I'm working on it. It's going to be a rough day, but we're working on it. (laughs) But it is hard. And, um, and again, once you're able to do that, and again, it's, it's a constant work. It's not something you're ever going to be like, I did it. And then like, stop because in things happen, influences come in where all of a sudden they start to you know, make us feel like, oh gosh, am I doing it right? Or should I be doing this and all these things? And, you know, it, it, it messes it with our brain. And so that's a regular thing to remind ourselves that, you know, that is what we want. And it's okay if it's not what everybody else is want. You don't have to make everybody else happy. I mean, there's just, there's kind of like a track you need to keep going in your brain um, to, to remind yourself and build that confidence. I always like to tell people like confidence doesn't ever go away. Like you don't ever lose it. It's like a, it's a renewable resource and you just need to know how to tap into it. And, mm-hmm. and that's different for everybody. It could be a mantra. It could be a, you know, like reminding yourself of a time when you've done something really awesome or, you know, or just letting other people's responses to things or, you know, their own insecurities just roll off your back. My, I think it was my dad used to always say, you know, be like a duck. And let it roll off your back because, you know, water, duck, feathers, oil, all that. Anyway. um, (laughs) And so I would, you know, and I, and I said this to my kids, even, you know, as they got older and they go through stuff where they would, you know, maybe be hurt by somebody, what somebody said and be like, be like a duck, let it roll. And they'd look at me like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah. You're like, I, I, okay, I get it. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, but that's the kind of stuff. And, um, you know, so, okay. So now you've got this, you know, you've got this practice that's been around for almost five years to be celebrating that. What do you think, you know, future Brittany will be doing future Dr. Plummer will be doing, you know, five, 10 years from now. You know, five years from now, probably pretty similar to what we're doing. I've done so much growth and I had to, I got to this place where I was like, okay, you're now growing, you're comfortable where you are. Why don't you perfect it and get these systems in place and enjoy it for a little while? You know, I was so focused on goals, 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 getting better, getting better, getting busier, getting busier, where I was like, you know, I don't actually want to get much busier because then I have less time with each patient. 
And I actually genuinely enjoy sitting down and talking to my patients and them telling me about their weekend. Or I'm like, hey, how was your daughter's graduation? Or, oh my God, how was that first date? You know, I like to have that connection. Connection is one of my core values and it is what drives me to do everything, not just work, but everything in my life is based on connection. So I had to kind of stop and realize like, hey, it's okay. You've reached all these goals. You don't have to keep hitting more and more goals. You don't have to get another doctorate. You don't have to open up a second practice. Chill for a second. So for five years, I'm okay with staying where I am right now. I'm at max capacity. Once everything opens up again, you know, I'll be at max capacity right on the fine line where I'm not bored, but I'm not so busy that I'm losing my patient connection. And then 10 years down the line, man, my dream is to open up like a mega clinic with Dr. Cook. Him and I, we work so well together. Our team here, this office here is so unique and it sounds corny, but we have something so unique and such a good connection and such a magical vibe here in this office that I kind of want to run with it as long as we possibly can. So when I say mega clinic, I don't mean, you know, like a patient mill where I'm seeing 15 patients in an hour and, you know, I'm not talking to anybody. It's like, I want more acupuncturists. I want more massage therapists, another chiro or two, maybe some PT, maybe somebody who does injections, maybe a therapist. You know, I just want to keep getting bigger and bigger and expanding on what we have and seeing if we can find other practitioners who are in line with what we believe in, because what we have here, you know, I've said it to you a million times, it's so unique and I, you just want to hold on to it. And I want to squeeze out as much of the magic as I can. So that's kind of what, um, you know, it's a goal and it's a beautiful dream of mine, but I know that things change and I know things it's not something that I'm set on so hard that if it doesn't happen that way, you know, my life's work will be meaningless and I'll be devastated. But I think it would be really cool, especially if we incorporate uh, gyms too. what we have with CrossFit son, Mark's son. I mean, it is what Mark and Ian have together. I see it as a big picture, just kind of bigger than me, just, and it's not just what could happen with open channel. It's what could open channel do with all of these businesses and how can we best serve our community and best serve our patients? And that might sound cookie cutter. It might sound, you know, like an, like a Pinterest quote or whatever, but it's not It's genuinely what I see as being magical and huge connection. And that is, you know, a long-term dream of mine. It'd be really cool to have that. It's your vision and, yeah. and, 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 and it's awesome. And, you know, the, the big umbrella, right? Like under health and wellness and fitness and optimal health, you know, really hitting those pillars to help people from a physical perspective and an emotional perspective, a mental perspective, you know, I mean, it sounds like you might need a coach on staff too. So um, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, girl, if we could get you in here. <laughs> They so have mega, no more problems anymore. Everybody healed. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's awesome. And um, again, it's really about creating something that, like you said, it's bigger than your practice and and how you can we call it make a meta impact. You know, like go beyond the container of of your current practice and really spread it beyond um, to a broader a broader space, a broader community, um, and really help and serve more people. So um, I think it sounds awesome. I'm, I'm all in. I support you, uh, and, and I know that you will get there. So um, I always ask my guests to, to share their favorite quote or a mantra, and, and yours is 
awesome. I probably need to have this on my wall as well. <laughs> but you shared with me, the meaning of life is to find your gift. The purpose of life is to give it away by Pablo Picasso. Um, so tell me where that comes from. What does that mean for you? I, you know, because the way, the way, what, how that resonates to me is when I went to school for acupuncture, I started when I was 23 and based on who I have surrounded, who I have in my life, I know it is so incredibly rare to know what you are put on this earth to do. You know, whatever your beliefs are, spiritual, religious, it is so incredibly rare to find that in your twenties and to actually work towards it and, and build towards it. So I know I'm here to help others be the best that they can be, live their best life. That's what I'm here for. I thought it would be psychology for a minute. I thought it would be teaching. I, it could have been nursing. I would have been a terrible nurse too regimented for me, but I knew what my purpose was. And I know I am so lucky and so um, blessed to have found that so young because I feel like it could go on for your whole life where you never know exactly what your true purpose is. And then I'm the second part of that is I'm so lucky and so blessed that I've actually been able to give that to people where I'm not, you know, sitting in a cubicle crunching numbers going, you know, my talents could have been are this and I could have done this with them, but here I am in a good secure job. I am incredibly lucky and blessed that I am able to not only realize so young, but actually live my life's purpose and get to do it so young. So I get to do it for 60 plus years. I don't take it. I don't take it for granted. You know, I, I know that I'm very lucky. That's awesome. And, you know, getting rid of the whole, like, shoulda, coulda, woulda type of thing. And, you know, and again, it's like, if that's where you are and you are in a place where you're like, I just don't know if I'm fulfilled or if I am, you know, enjoying my life and stuff, it's, it's okay to feel that way, but also give yourself the opportunity to reflect and say, well, what, what, what is possible? And if you were to change something, you know, what could that look like? Um, and what do you desire and, and, and dare to dream, you know, yeah. right. That, that, is a really powerful thing and put it into some realistic steps that you can take because I get the fact that some people are just like, well, the circumstances make it really difficult to affect change. I get that. Um, but so many times, if you start to explore it, you'll realize that the limitations and the barriers maybe are things that are self-inflicted or things that you can push through when you remove the fear, when you start to decide that it's really what you want and get rid of the judgment and, and all of the other stuff that's kind of keeping you there, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I agree with all of that. And also to make your dreams happen, don't be scared of the sacrifice because when the dream happens, that sacrifice will be over and you'll be able to rebuild whatever it is you sacrificed. So, you know, don't be worried about the student loan. We've all got it. Don't be ashamed to move back in with your parents because we, a lot of us have had to do it. And don't be ashamed to only see, you know, six patients the first month that you're open. That is huge. So don't be scared of the sacrifice. It's going to suck, but you know, embrace the suck because the payoff in the end is so incredibly worth the discomfort and worth the sacrifice. That's my, that's a big belief of mine. I love it. And starting from zero, like you said, you might only have six at first, but you know, 
when you open those doors, you're probably starting from zero. Um, but you know, again, like I started a podcast with zero listeners. So (laughs) everybody starts with zero. Don't judge yourself for zero. Exactly. Awesome. And thank you for those tips and those words of advice and that inspiration for other people. Um, because that is such a gift and such, um, a helpful thing, especially right now where people again are dealing with stuff that is harder than normal, I would say, and trying to kind of figure out what's next. So I think you've really given them some great juicy nuggets and all kinds of amazing things. Plus the expertise that you have around your practice, which, you know, I think people are going to want and need more than ever once we come back to our our new optimal um, world. So how can uh, listeners find you and get in touch with you? So uh, my website is openchannelacu.com. I'm available all the time through um, email, openchannelacu at gmail.com. And um, I'm pretty, my Facebook is a little active. It's just Brittany Plummer, LAC. Um, And my Instagram, I'm very excited. I get to change it now that my diploma came in. So I used to be, my handle used to be Brittany P, the LAC. And I am changing it because girl, I worked for it. It's now going to be Dr. P, the LAC. So you can find me on Instagram there. Awesome. I will put all of those into the notes. So when the podcast is live and people are listening, they can go there to find you. And again, so awesome having you on the show. I thoroughly enjoyed everything we got to talk about and share. And also Thank you so much to anybody that's listening right now. If this is something that resonates with you, please subscribe or leave a comment. And, or if you know somebody that this could really help, please go ahead and share it with them. And in the meantime, with love and laughter, have a great day. Thanks, Brittany. Thank you.